Hello and welcome to the Curator Salon podcast. My name is Gita Joshi and my guest today is Yeshen Venema. Yeshen is a photographer and he's worked with some of my favourite artists, including Sarah Hamilton, Jane Muir and Carolyn Tripp. Welcome, Yeshen. Hello, thanks for having me. So I thought we would talk about uh, photography, obviously, that is your specialism, and um, the significance of it, really, because in a social media world, we're always taking photographs on our phones, but obviously you work with um, brands to actually do more professional photography for their websites and their brand positioning. What point in a maker's journey do you find that your clients usually hire you for the first time? Um, It really varies. I get fresh graduates right out of university and then I get um, people changing careers later in life. Sometimes it's at the early planning stages with a rebranding project or a new website. Other times it's last minute because they need some cutouts um, for a press a press request. Um, ideally, I'd like to meet all my clients before they even have an idea for their product, but that never happens. <laughs> so um, I usually meet people uh, when they, they realize they need professional photography. I mean, that's usually the, the clincher for a new client. Either that they've tried it themselves or they've been urged by someone else they trust to invest in it. Every, every client's different, really. I mean, even with new graduates, there's some who are better prepared for the business side of, of designing than others. But I think, in general, there's a greater understanding that professional photos are needed. Um, and uh, luckily for me, that's what I do. And do your clients come to you with an idea of what they want or images from other makers that they are inspired by or, or that they admire and look to for inspiration? It's nearly always word of mouth and usually somebody will say, oh, I've seen your photos for so-and-so or they were recommended by their, their colleague or someone they, they work with um, and, and trust. I like to give people as much information as possible to, to plan the shoot and to, and to, to um, make the most of the time and the money. I realize it's an investment. I try and give them as much resource as possible so they don't have to ask me so many questions. Uh, they can sort of work through... Uh, a part of my website which is dedicated to pre- preparing for the photo shoot. But yeah, they will normally have mood board images or aspirational shots of some kind. But I, I try and discourage people from using Pinterest too much and looking at other people's photos because then you end up emulating it too closely or you start getting a bit unrealistic with what's possible uh, because you can't do a full style, location, lifestyle shoot for um, pennies. So usually there's some sort of compromise that happens um i'm very clear up front about that as what's possible in the time and with the budget and with or without a stylist that kind of thing so what preparation can somebody do ahead of a photo shoot i think initially making a very clear list of the images they need um like a priority list as well not just a sort of epic list of every product and every type of shot and then from that if working with a stylist Lots of that communication will happen between the client and the stylist, and I will get some sort of update you know, a couple of days before the shoot with a plan just to keep me in the loop. If there's no stylist involved, then myself and the client have that communication. Sometimes it could be the stylist themselves. It's just all about preparation, really, and then it makes the whole thing more relaxed. If it's organized last minute and very quick, it's not usually the best results. You can over-plan something, I suppose, and, and that can cause some stress as well, but I'd rather someone was stressed from over-planning than from not being organized at all. Um, I think I think being being realistic also in, in what's possible and 
having a clear understanding of what what the images are for, where they're being used, and what media, and also who the audience is, because some people have an idea of their customer being quite different to what they actually are. They might have an ideal customer, but actually in reality, it might be a more commercial customer. It might not be a sort of East London hipster vibe. Um, it might be high street. Uh, so figuring that out, uh, understanding your brand is very important. Um, and I, I often find new clients they're at early stages of their business and maybe they haven't come from a marketing or a branding background so they haven't got that level of understanding yet so sometimes i work with them to get some semblance of a of a, a brand identity together honestly i don't design logos or anything but it's more like just visual theming and, and working with colors tones textures props the way in which we approach the photo shoot to um to showcase the products so thinking of some of the ceramicists that you've worked with, and there seems to be quite a lot of ceramicists that you're there on speed dial for, would you, what are the sort of typical kind of shots that you expect um, to deliver on a product shoot like that? Um, it, it sort of depends if the ceramicist is a, making art ceramics or decorative ceramics or functional. Sometimes they're both, but usually it's one or the other. If it's functional, it's very important to show use if it's a plate have some sort of food on it or at least put it in a table setting if it's a bowl what is it a soup bowl is it a noodle bowl is it a pasta bowl to show some kind of context um, i don't usually use food like cooked food too much in in shoots but it's giving the idea of that i generally discourage people unless they're working with a f- proper food stylist and a, a chef to to um avoid lots of cooked food just it's difficult to work with um but things like cakes and, and dried food and cheese and crackers and that sort of thing can work quite well if it's decorative ceramics um it's really crucial to, to put the product in a home context and to use an interior that is appropriate. Um, my studio isn't always right for everything. I mean, sometimes we do location shoots often and we approach clients who we think would suit the uh, location and likewise clients see the location and are interested because they, they can see their products fitting well in there. It's very important, especially for high-end, high price point decorative ceramics that it's you have the, the photos of it on a plain background but there's also some not of every product but some shots of it on a mantelpiece on a nice shelf on a nice table um in the kind of home that somebody would have whereas the functional stuff it's you know i think you do need to be quite clear especially selling online what the thing is for how big it is what's it made of showing the maker's mark on the bottom showing detail of the clay and the glazes showing objects next to each other to show proportionate scale so if there's a a set of bowls having them nested inside each other or next to each other on a table and not using too many props sort of making sure the products are the the focus in the image yeah i do shoot a lot of ceramics i mean caroline chips a good a good example of someone who um was not really getting accepted into shows because her photos weren't good enough she had fantastic work and it's quite common for this situation where someone has fantastic work and they sell at markets, perhaps, but they don't sell online, and they're not getting accepted into these these um, shows like Handmade in Britain or Made or um, Ceramic Art London or something. And so we did the photo shoot, and off the back of that, she was featured in the Handmade in Britain shoot that I did on their posters for the the campaign for the for the Chelsea show on buses and the tube and everything. So that gave her a real lift. And then I did her website as well. So she was definitely. Um, kind of perfect case study of someone who whose uh, business was transformed by professional photography and websites. I couldn't have asked for a better case study, really. 
quite amazing because really the photos that you take the photos that are used in submissions are actually then the ones that get used in the publicity you know when i was um, organizing open studios it was the artist that actually had to submit an artwork and then that was the one that we used to cross publicity on social so the importance of it and it, the and how it showcases in both the product the brand and you know the wider visibility beyond your own website is actually quite crucial yeah it's, it's nothing it's more satisfying to me than than seeing someone have an increased confidence because they've got good photos or nice business card or a nice website and they can really then talk to potential customers and approach people with with confidence and not be shy about you know their work it's like i often meet people and it's kind of an english thing as well i, I just did a talk with a about squarespace websites and there was a few americans in the room who were just laughing about how americans are so much more forthright with promotion self-promotion unashamedly so you know sometimes it's, as a as a the English mentality, you might think it's too harsh, but then you go to America and it's like, that's the marketplace, you know, it's more intense. And so somewhere in the middle there, there's kind of a balance. I think it might be in Australia. Australia has this kind of balance of American confidence with a sort of refined, um, more subtle thing. And it's sunny. So, yeah, I think that's why everyone's photos look so much better in Australia because it's sunny all the time. Can you um, explain a bit more about the role of the stylist on a photo shoot? Um, highly underrated and can make or break a shoot for sure. A good stylist will be a very good communicator and find ways to bring products alive in a unique way. They'll also be very experienced with styling to camera as opposed to like styling a window, which is quite different. So they'll understand the process of photography and how a studio works. And I've got a kind of shorthand understanding with the five or six stylists that I work with on a regular basis. When they come to the studio, they know what's going on, they know the equipment. Often they repeat work with the same client. So that's always fantastic. Um, it just saves a lot of time. It really puts the client at ease as well to work with a stylist. It's, uh, it's not something I, I push like a sales pitch. I just make it clear that these stylists are very talented. If you have the budget for it, it's great. If you think you can style it yourself, okay, but be realistic in that case. You know, and on the level I'm working at, the stylist is also just an extra pair of hands on set. I mean, sometimes a client will be by themselves and have a big, big load of products and a certain amount of prepping and folding, sometimes ironing, steaming, arranging things. So it's kind of all hands on deck. Um, yeah, they, they are definitely um, underappreciated and undercredited. You never see stylists credited in, um, in the press unless it's an editorial piece. You might see a photographer byline next to an image, but the stylist is at least as important, if not more. I mean, sometimes I just think I'm, I'm not really doing that much because I'm just taking photos of <laughs> something a stylist has set up for me. And I do the lighting, obviously, and there's a whole, there's other things I do that are you know, more subtle, but um, sometimes the stylist is really doing most of the work in terms of making the image. Um, but it's a two-way process. I mean, it's, it's really problematic. I've hardly had any shoots where there's been a, a friction between a stylist and a client or myself and the stylist it's usually um it smooths out the process definitely so for makers and artists starting out i wanted to ask about images for social media and i'm often saying that behind the scenes or work in progress can also be a good insight into the brand or the artist and i just wanted to get your thoughts on photos for social media other than the actual product images absolutely um instagram especially is just is ideal because you have Instagram stories and the feed. And I think the stories are particularly good for behind the scenes and more casual, less professional photography. The feed can be a mix, but if you are going to have photos that you're taking yourself on there with the phone, you can still take a very, very good photo with an iPhone. The iPhone's an amazing camera or a Galaxy 
whatever, any of these cameras are amazing, as long as the light is good. So if you have a nice space, that's great. But often I meet makers whose, whose studio is basically just a corner of their room or it's like a, a dirty garage or something. It's not particularly you know, visually appealing, um, but you still have tools, you have materials, and you have a lot of stuff that you take note of as a maker or designer and record by taking photos of it. But you might not think that people want to see it, but they do. So all that inspirational stuff, it might be an urban concrete texture or something in nature or just some interesting light on a window, all those things. Whenever I do a website presentation, I just say to people, have a page on your website that is inspiration or a sort of story, a, a bit like an Instagram feed, but just on the website that links into your product collections that shows something about um, where you get inspired, where you find inspiration for colors, textures, shapes. Richard McVettis, uh, the embroidery artist, uh, textile artist is a great example of that. Um, Damson and Slate, Hillary, who's a stylist I work with, she has a fantastic section on her website. Um, and I keep telling people this and no one else is doing it. I don't know. I think it's just a, a time thing perhaps, but I, I really, and also having a photo of yourself as a maker is really crucial. And I, I still think at least 50% of people don't have that, which is very strange. I go to someone's website and there's no photo. I'm just like, who is this person? Like, <laughs> this is an individual. It's not a, it's not a, um, you know, a corporate brand. And also this sort of using we rather than I, trying to give the impression that there's, well, there's a big team there when it's just one person. It's okay. That's why people want to actually deal with you because it is, you're making it. You're making the thing. You're, des you're designing the thing. So yeah, behind the scenes and process and also sort of work in progress and case studies of bespoke commissions, very important. Um, again, they don't have to be super professional shots. They just need to be consistent to show the um, potential customer that you do that kind of work. And if someone commissions you to make a, a textile wall hanging for a hotel, how would it look in the space? Or just, it just gives people ideas. You have to tell people what you can do um, and show it visually. So yeah, I think ceramicists are particularly good at it. Textile people are pretty good in terms of the, showing the behind the scenes. Uh, I don't, art illustrators and artists tend to be pretty good. Um, it depends on, yeah. I guess I just see the people who are doing it and there's so many people who aren't doing it. So yeah, I think it's a, it's definitely an untapped area. I think um, it's kind of easy for me because I have too much content. So I'm like, I don't have the, necessarily the time to post as much as I want to. Whereas lots of my clients struggle just kind of generate the images to at least images that they're happy with to share. I think in terms of the different platforms, um, I think people really, I mean, it's pretty much all about Instagram now. People, some people are still on Pinterest. LinkedIn's more of a business thing. Twitter's more just politics and then ranting. So it's, it's mostly Instagram. But actually, I think very important to cultivate this thing on your own website so that you're not dependent on Instagram as a, as a network. Um, as fantastic as it is, it could disappear tomorrow or change fundamentally and not be useful anymore. So having your own behind-the-scenes story, narrative, inspiration section on your website, it's really important too. Amazing advice, thank you so much. Yeshen, where can people find you online? Uh, so my main website is yeshen.uk and I'm on Instagram at, at yeshen.uk. I will add all of that info into the show notes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe, rate and review. It does help the podcast get found by more listeners. Yeshen, thank you so much for being my guest on this episode. Thank you, thanks for having me. Thank <laughs> you.
The Curator Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.